A new year, the dawn of a new year. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Uh, not only do we get a new morning, we get a fresh start next year. Everyone's got their New Year's resolutions. and No. I break mine the, usually the second or the third. Uh, we're going to be in Luke for just a moment today, and then we're going to be in Matthew 24, but we're going to bounce around a little bit. Uh, uh, one thing I wanted to discuss today, we're going to be you know, off, the, off our normal line upon line. Uh, we're going to talk about being watchful, being ready, waiting. Uh, very important uh, as a church. Uh, it was required of Israel that they watch. And it says this in uh, Luke 19, if you guys want to turn there with me. Did I already say that? I said Luke, just not 19. Luke 19, I'll pray. Lord, we are so grateful, God, and so thankful for your love. And we just give you this morning, Lord, pray that uh, as we look into your word, God, you'd stir our hearts, Lord, that you'd cause us to look beyond uh, just the everyday life, Lord, to, to look toward your kingdom, your kingdom that's coming. Uh, we want to see your will done uh, in our lives, through our lives, Lord, in this life. So I pray that uh, you'd stir our hearts, cause us to uh, have eternal vision and to be watchful and waiting for your return, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. It says this in Luke 19, verse 28. When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go to the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing this? You'll say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said, Why are you loosing the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. And then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. And then... As he was now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice, and they praised God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. So they're reminded of everything Jesus had done. And he's on this donkey. And, he, and verse 38 says, it, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They quote Psalm 118. And the Pharisees don't like that, it says here in verse 39, uh, because they know what they're saying. They know what these people are doing. They know uh, what they're saying is they're proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the one that is to come to Israel to save. And they protest, and it says, They called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, that the stones would immediately cry out. That would have been cool. And it says, as he drew near, he saw the city 
Jerusalem, and he wept over it. And he said this, if you would have known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. They didn't receive it. They wouldn't receive Jesus as Messiah. That was their peace. Messiah had come. And he says, listen, this was your day. You should have known this day. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you and surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another, speaking of the temple. And because you did not know the time of your visitation. So Jesus here, Zechariah 9, 9, says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He's just bringing salvation. He has salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. 500 years in advance, Zechariah predicts Messiah riding into Jerusalem, the triumphal entry, where one day, this is a week before his crucifixion, and he comes as a suffering savior. Predicted in Zechariah, the messianic psalm, if you would turn with me to Psalm 118, we're going to get to Matthew 24. I quickly want to read these verses. It says this in Psalm 118. This is a messianic psalm. It, it speaks of Messiah. In verse 22, it says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And that's who Jesus is. He's the foundation and he's the capstone. It said, there's a story, it's not in the Bible, that uh, when they were building Solomon's temple, that there was a stone that came in that, because the, all the stones were quarried away so you couldn't hear the sound of cutting the stones. And they were quarried in Solomon's quarry. Some people say it's Golgotha, the place of the skull where you see the skull. Those were some of the stones that were taken out for the temple. Uh, and it says this one stone came and it was set aside. What is this stone for? It doesn't fit right. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. So the builders rejected that stone and they set it aside. And then it came time to dedicate the temple. And they're like, where's the capstone? What, did you send it? Yeah, they looked at the record. Yes, we sent it. We sent the capstone. Well, we, we, we don't have it. It's not here. And they said, well, you better look. We sent it on next day. Oh, and they found it. And they set the capstone on the building which it at first was rejected and set aside. And then they dedicated the Solomon's temple. And very fitting because that's what happens to Jesus Christ. They reject him at first. And during the tribulation, and Jesus is going to say that as we look at Matthew 23, 24, that you are going to say this, Israel is going to say this, uh, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're going to say that, but it's Israel's going to say that during the tribulation period, a seven-year period that's going to come on the face of the earth. It's going to be like no other time on planet earth. And But Jesus said when he rode into Jerusalem, you should have known that this was your day. Verse 23 in Psalm 118 says, this was the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. And then he said, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. 
It's the day Messiah comes. And then they say, save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God. He has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar and, and so on. But, but the, builder, the builders reject Jesus Christ at first. And he's the, not only the, the foundation, he's the capstone, the cornerstone of our faith, of their faith, of salvation. And verse 24 says, this is the day the Lord has made. What is the day that they're talking about? How, how did Jesus, why would he require it of Israel to know this day, the day of Messiah, right? If you turn with me to Daniel chapter 9, you may know this already. Daniel chapter 9, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I want to read this to you and give you a little bit of the history. Daniel's praying, he's fasting, looking for an answer. It says, Gabriel comes. And it says, verse 22 of Daniel chapter 9, if you're there. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, your prayers, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you're greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. And here's the vision. This is what Gabriel tells Daniel. Seventy weeks or seventy-sevens, heptads, seventy-sevens, it's weeks of years, 490 years, are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish, to do what? To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. And verse 25 says, now therefore, know therefore and understand. So this, this begins this time that they were supposed to understand and know. And, and Gabriel's going to give them a day, a specific day. He says, from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Don't be too confused. We're just going to stay here for a minute, minute and I'll explain this to you. 69 weeks, he said, there's going to be. And the street shall be built again and the wall in troublous times. And after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. Messiah is going to come. He'll be cut off, killed, but he's not going to receive his kingdom yet. It won't be for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war of desolations are determined. And, and then it says this about the prince that's going to come. He'll confirm a covenant with many for one week. That's the last week. That's Daniel's 70th week. That's the time Jeremiah talks about of Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30. It's the last seven-year period of the tribulation. 
the great tribulation would be the second half of the tribulation. And so what does that mean? 69 weeks, 483 years, and there's a command going forth to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Well, in Nehemiah chapter 2, you remember Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah hears word that Israel is destroyed, Jerusalem's in ruins, and he's in tears, he's sad. And then in chapter 2, it says he goes before Artaxerxes, the king of Persia. And he's sad. He's the cupbearer. And he's sad. And Artaxerxes is like, what's Nehemiah? What's wrong? He's like, well, Jerusalem's destroyed. It's wrecked. And Artaxerxes says, well, what do you want me to do? What can I do? He says, give me a command. Write it in a letter that I can go and rebuild it. He says, fine. I'll do that. And that day, and Nehemiah gives the day, it's the first of Nisan, which would be March 14th, 445 B.C. And then you take 69 sevens, that's 483 years, and you roll that into days, that's 173,880 days from that command. And that brings you to April 6th, 32 A.D., the day Jesus rides into Jerusalem. The exact day. And he says, you should have known your day, this day. These guys were scholars. The Pharisees were scholars, the scribes. It was their culture to know the Old Testament. They knew what Daniel said. 100%. They knew the day, the time. We don't have that, that's not my point today. Other than... It was required of them to know when their Messiah was coming. They should have been looking, expecting, anticipating, but instead of that, they rejected that stone. The builders rejected it, but it's become the chief cornerstone. Jesus is our salvation. So if you would turn with me to Matthew 24, all that to say this, for the church today, he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. He didn't give us the exact day. He gave us times and seasons, an understanding of when to be ready and, and if we should be ready. You should be. Those things were written, it happened. And Jesus will say that. But it says this in chapter 23, and I have to hurry because we're going to try to read all of chapter 24. We're not going to expound on it. We could take weeks in chapter 24. It's, chapter 24 is the little apocalypse. It's a small portion of like the book of Revelation. It tells, gives you so much information. But it says this in verse 37 of chapter 23. Jesus says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. God continued to warn warn Jerusalem and Israel and Israel. And they would kill the prophets and stone them and imprison them. He says, how I wanted to gather you, gather your children together as a hen gathers chickens under her wings. But you were not willing. They weren't ready. They weren't watching. See, your house is left to you desolate, destroyed. For I say to you, you shall see me no more 
until you say, so this is two days after Luke 19. You'll see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And if you read, read Romans 11, that's what it says, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. Is God done? Paul makes this, asks this rhetorical question. Is God done with Israel? He says, God forbid, no way. But then he goes on to say that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. At the 69th week of Daniel, when Jesus came, there was a pause. It's called the age of grace. And when the fullness of the Gentiles come in, there's going to be a day when the last Gentile gets saved. When somebody just becomes a Christian. And that's it. Rapture the church. And then that marks the tribulation period. And Jesus is going to lay that out here in Matthew 24. It says in verse 1, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. So Jesus departs, they're leaving, and they're like, look at the temple. This is Herod added on to the temple, Solomon's temple. It was amazing. It was white marble covered with gold. If you see uh, the 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 um, uh, the Dome of the Rock today. You can see there the, the, this Muslim site in Israel, and it's gold. You can see it. There, you see it in pictures. Well, that's what the temple looked like. It shined. It was gold and marble. You could see it from miles away, shining. And they're like, and Herod rebuilt this. Herod added on and made it unbelievable. And they said, Lord, look at the temple. It's amazing. What are you talking about? And Jesus says, listen, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you that not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Amazing. Uh, Nero becomes an enemy of the state in A.D. 68, and he commits suicide. And Vespasian becomes the Roman Empire emperor. And he sends Titus in AD 68 to Jerusalem to, ran, to ransack uh, uh, Jerusalem and take it over. And it's a two-year siege. And he's there. And the second year, people are hiding out in the temple. It's this fortress. And they're like, don't destroy the temple. We want to save it. It's magnificent. And one of, the, one of the soldiers throws a torch in the temple and burns it to the ground, and the gold melts and goes in between. It was just uh, stone that was set there. There was no mortar. It was set like this stone. No mortar in between it, and the gold melts in between all the stones. And they take stone by stone the temple apart to retrieve the gold, just as Jesus said. Not one stone will be left upon another. You can look it up in history. Jesus says this almost 40 years in advance. It blows their mind. This temple's not going to last. It's not going to stand. But there's going to be another one rebuilt. And so Jesus explains, tells them that, and then they cross, they go down from the temple, and they cross the Kidron Valley, and they go up to the Mount of Olives, verse 3, and the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, there's a couple questions they're asking, but they only think they're asking one question. He says, tell, they say, tell us when these things shall be and what will be the sign of your coming, that's the second coming, and the end 
of the world or the end of the age? When will be the end of the kingdom of man? When are you going to set up your kingdom, your second coming and your rule? When is that going to be? And when are these things going to happen? What, it's blowing their mind. And, and Jesus begins to tell them in verse 4, I'm going to read from verse 4 to 8, because we've always had these things. It says this, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. And he says all these things are the beginning of sorrows. And you know what sorrows are, right? They're birth pains. Ladies know what those are, right? You begin to have contractions. But at first you start to have Braxton and Hicks. That's the days we're living in. Where it's like false alarm. Like what's going on in Israel, that might be a false alarm. It may not be. It may lead into Ezekiel 38 and 39. The nations are all lining up. But they could be Braxton and Hicks, right? Ladies know that. But there's going to come a day when the water breaks and this becomes real. And all these things line up with when the Lamb in Revelation chapter 6, begins to open the seals. That's the tribulation period. He opens the seal, and the first seal, Jesus said, take heed, no man deceives you. The first seal is a rider comes on a white horse with a bow, right? He's, it's not a bow like I'm going to shoot you and kill a big deer. It's like a bow. This is a covenant, like the rainbow that was in the sky that, that God promised Noah. It'll never rain again. I'll never destroy the, the earth with a flood. And so this rider on a white horse comes with diplomacy, with deception, and he brings world global peace. And the Bible says when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction. So this first guy comes in with great deception. And there's always been deception. There's always been spiritual deception. But during the tribulation, it's for real. Said, the Bible says that if it were possible that even the very elect would be deceived, that's how great the deception is going to be. If you don't know your Bibles, and he comes with diplomacy and a bow on a white horse, right? The rider on the white horse, you think that's the hero of the story, right? Wrong. He's antichrist. And antichrist not only means against Christ, guess what else it means? You might know that. In place of Christ instead of and that's what he comes instead of christ that's the deception he brings many will come in my name saying i'm the christ and will deceive many jesus said that i come in my father's name in matthew chapter 5 and you don't receive me but one will come in his own name him you will receive he told the jews him you're going to receive they're waiting for messiah today they're waiting to build a temple. In Revelation, John is instructed to go measure the temple. But don't go to the outside, uh, the, the outer courts. That's given to the Gentiles. Measure this area. 
They're going to rebuild. We're going to see that. It's obviously, there's going to be a rebuilt temple. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, the abomination of desolations, where Antichrist sets himself up in the temple to be worshipped. It's going to happen. And we're seeing all the instruments, the Temple Institute, every instrument for sacrifices to be made are made right now. They're, they're just waiting for a temple. They're waiting for that to be built. And then you go right through all the horses. War, the red horse comes with war. With famine. That's the black horse. And pestilence, that's the pale horse. Earthquakes, that's the sixth seal gets open. In chapter 6. And you can study all those and see, you know, earthquakes are a big one because not only are they increasing in frequency, but in, in how devastating they are and the number of people that are getting killed. But these are just, pre, this is a prelude to the tribulation period. Like I said, these are the Braxton Hicks that we're experiencing. And it says, then they will deliver you up. And that's the fifth seal of Revelation chapter 6, that people are going to be slain. It's already happening now. The, the persecution on the church in the last hundred years has exceeded all of the, every other century up to that point, all added together. The first 1,900 years of the church, you add the last 100 years, it exceeds all of them put together, the persecution of the church. And the tribulation is going to be amazing. The death. If you read, the, if you read Revelation chapter 6, by the end of the fourth seal, one-fourth of the earth's population is killed, is dead. And he says, and many shall be offended and will betray one another, will hate one another, and many false prophets will, be, will arise and deceive many. And then he says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And that's so true, isn't it? When, when sin abounds, uh, people's love, it grows cold. I can sin against you if I don't love you. I can do anything I want if I don't love you. Right? I don't care how I treat you. And that's what he's saying. And that's what's going to happen. There, there will be very little love because of sin. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he endures to the end will be saved. And this is very Jewish. We're going to go right into something that's very Jewish because it's during the tribulation that God deals with the Jews. And it says, And the gospel of the kingdom will be pre preached in all the world as a witness to the nations, and then the, earl and then the end will come. And, and you read of two witnesses in Jerusalem who get killed part midway through the tribulation. You read of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. You read of the angels that fly through heaven with the everlasting gospel and they warn people not to take the mark <coughs> in their hand or their forehead. It says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached and then the end will come. That will mark, and it says this, verse 15, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand. So Daniel's talked about that. I can't remember if we read it when I read Daniel chapter 9, but that's what's going to happen. Antichrist is going to come, 
And just like uh, Antiochus Epiphanes did in 168 BC, uh, he did this very same thing. He went into the temple, he killed 100,000 Jews, went into the temple and slaughtered a pig to the god Zeus and desecrated it, defiled the temple. And, and he's saying, just like that, it's coming. And it didn't happen in 70 AD because they just burned the temple down. It wasn't a desecration of the temple. Thessalonians talks about a time where Antichrist is going to claim that he is God and desire to be worshipped. And we're going to read through these verses quickly. Then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. That's in Israel. So if you're, what do you do if you're not in Israel, right? This is to the Jews. Let, and, and, and that place is Petra, the rock city of Petra. If you've ever seen Indiana Jones, right? That, the, the one temple you see, you guys saw that, right? This rock city, this narrow passageway. Well, there's people who sent, put tracts and Bibles. The place is massive. And it's going to be a place for, for Jews to go to hide. It's a legit place. Let them, those who are in Judea, flee to the mountains. And him who is on the housetop, go, don't go down to take anything out of his house. And him who is in the field, don't go back to get your clothes. Woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. That's for the Jews. For then there will be great tribulation. That marks the second half, the great tribulation. Such has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved for the elect's sake, and those, those days will be shortened. Then anyone who says you, look, here's the Christ, or there, don't believe it. So greater deception, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, I say to you, look, he is into the de- if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, don't go out, look, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe it. Uh, there's going to be such great deception. And then Jesus, here's the, the ultimate sign, right? He's giving, he started with the what, what will be the sign, and he's giving him signs. And then we're going to move into the when in verse 32. And then he says, for as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, That's where Jesus is going to come out of the east. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. You don't have to turn there. I just want to read this to you. Revelation 19, it says this. I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the king of the earth, and their armies gathered together. This is the battle of Armageddon. I think it was Napoleon who who looked at that valley and said, this is the greatest battlefield on planet earth. There's n- I've never seen anything like it. That, the valley of Megiddo, it goes from the Mediterranean Sea almost uh, 
it's, it's quite long. To make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. That's us. And then the beast was captured with him and the false prophet who worked signs in, the pr- in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. And these two were cast alive into the lake burning with fire. Amazing the description. Jesus says, wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered. Right? You guys have, and especially here, Josh was hunting the other day. He's like, Dad, I got an eagle's nest above me. And you think eagles, you know, they catch fish out of the water. Well, they'll also sit at a dead deer on the side of the road. I've seen that a lot of times around here. Uh, They're scavengers also. And immediately after the tribulation, so this is at the very end, of those days, the sun will be dark, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. That's the final sign, the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And then shall the tribes of the earth mourn, those who rejected him, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect. That's Israel. If you look up in the Old Testament, is his elect are, is Israel. And those who made it through the tribulation, dead and alive, who didn't take the mark. They will gather together his elect from the four corners of the wind, of the winds, from one end of heaven to the other. And then here's the when. Now learn the parable of the fig tree, which typifies, and I, I remember we went through it in October, we talked about Israel being a, 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 the type of a fig tree. He says, learn the parable of the fig tree. Some people believe that, that this is Israel. I happen to lean this way. And when its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see all these things, Know that it's near at the doors. Ezekiel uh, 37, the dry bones, we talked about that in October, where God, God tells Ezekiel, hey, look at these dry bones. And, and Ezekiel says, man, they're exceedingly dry. And God be, begins to put sinew and flesh and skin on these bones, and he breathes life into them, and he says, this is the nation of Israel. It's going to live again. And from 70 AD, when Vespasian ransacks Jerusalem, Israel is scattered. But they maintain their language, their culture, their religion, and they get their land back. And that's the fig tree. And it's, he says, when you begin to see this happen, when it puts forth its leaves, May 14th, 1948, Israel becomes a nation. John Calvin... Martin Luther, they did not see that coming. They became replacement theology people who always put, instead of Israel, they put the church in place of them because they thought there's no way Israel can be, there's no way they can get their land back. There's no way they can maintain and become a people again. But God said it and he did it. He says, when you see this happen, know that summer's near. It's coming. 
So also when you see these things, know that it's near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, say to you this generation will not pass until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass, but my words will by no means pass. You may not believe this. You might say, gosh, is he done yet? God's word is going to come to pass. This is going to happen. See, without a doubt, without question, we have the more sure word of prophecy. The Bible says it before it happens. You can look at past and future. It's going to happen that hasn't happened yet. You can hold on to the word of God. Generation, maybe a hundred years, it was to Abraham. There were generations that God's promised to Abraham, listen, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full, but in the fourth generation, in 400 years, I'm going to have to punish him. I'm going to give him an age of grace, 400 years. I'm patient. But that generation, that last 100 years, May 14th, 1948, in that generation, maybe, it also means uh, that it's, it's their, that people group will never pass away. But that generation, what's a generation? What's Jesus talking about? Heaven will pass away, but my heaven and earth will pass away. My words by no means won't. And then it says this in verse 36. We're almost done. But of that day and hour, no one knows. I'm not, not like the Jews had a day and an hour. They knew the day of their visitation. They were supposed to know. But of this day that I'm talking about, Jesus says, no one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But he gives them a time, like what it's going to look like. He says, as the days of Noah were, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. The days of Noah were, if you read uh, Genesis chapter 6, kind of scary time. Evil, the thoughts of men were evil continually. There was sexual immorality. It was terrible, celebrated things. Evil and wickedness, it was at an all-time high. That's why God says, I'm going to come, I have to destroy the earth. And he told Noah, and Noah became a preacher of righteousness for 120 years. He warned people, for, and not one person responded. 120 years. Noah, Noah preached, but nobody listened. As the days of Noah were, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah, listen, this is interesting because this is the rapture. For as the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they didn't know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Listen, if you read Revelation chapter 6 through 19, the world isn't going to be a place where you're going to eat, drink, marry, be given in marriage. You're not going to plan weddings. You're not going to plan these amazing things. Oh man, who do we got for a caterer? Who? No, you're going to be hoping you don't die. There's something coming before the tribulation. It's the rapture of the church. Thessalonians talks about it. 
Revelation chapter 3, speaking to the, to the church of Philadelphia. Keep, I'm gonna, I'll keep you from the hour of tribulation. These guys, they weren't ready for judgment. They had no idea it was coming. They didn't believe Noah. They were just business as usual, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Let's plan weddings. Let's plan for grandkids, and let's do all this great stuff. And then he goes on to say, verse 40, two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other one left. Two women will be grinding in the mill. One will be taken, and the other one left. Watch, therefore, for you don't know what hour the Lord is coming. Something happened before Noah went into that ark and went through the flood. Noah is a picture of the Jewish nation, Israel. And they go through the tribulation. God deals with Israel. Something happened before that. There was a guy by the name of Enoch that the Bible says he walked with God and he was not for God took him. That's what happens to the church. That's you and I. It's your own personal Enoch. He walked with God and he was not. God took him. That's the rapture. And then Enoch gets taken then the flood comes and Noah goes through the flood. Preserved. The ark rests on Mount Ararat, the Bible says. Mount Ararat is the, the, the source of the Euphrates River, which is drying up to some degree today. One day it's going to fully dry up. And it's believed that that's when the people of the earth are going to say, what the heck is that? Boat. It's not a boat. but And it'll be a picture, a reminder of God's judgment during the tribulation period. People will be like, oh my gosh, this happened before. Euphrates River is going to dry up. The source of it, Mount Ararat. Two women will be grinding in the mill, one taking the other left. And then Jesus, this is the exhortation. This is what I want to get to. Watch therefore. You don't know what hour your Lord's coming. We should be watching. And then he says this, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. You don't need... Uh, you don't need a security system. You don't need to pay uh, a monthly service fee to have cameras on your house. If you know the hour he's coming, you just sit there and wait with your shotgun and say, you're not going to take a single thing. But you don't know the hour. You don't know the time. You don't know the day. He says, these are the signs you need to be watching because I'm coming. Two will be in the field. One is going to be taken, the other left. Two will be grinding at a mill. One's taken, the other left. It's going to happen. 100%. Therefore, be ready for the Son of Man's coming at an, at an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master makes ruler over his whole house and to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you, he'll make him ruler over all his goods. But 
if the evil servant says in, in my says in his heart, my master's delaying is coming. He ain't coming today or next week or next month. He begins, this, this becomes his attitude and who he becomes. He knows the truth and really actually rejects it. He begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunkards. Just living in the world. I'm okay, I got time. The master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and an hour when he's not aware and will cut him in two. What does that look like? I have no idea. He will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. They say it with their lips, but they don't live it with their lives. That's a hypocrite. They say one thing, and they live a different way. They're not genuine. A hypocrite is a play actor. They would have a bag full of masks, and they could be anything they wanted to be. They've just put their different mask on. Appoint his portion with the hypocrites, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not good, whatever it is. We need to be waiting. We need to be watchful. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus said in Luke 9 that if you've put your hand to the plow and look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. Right? We need to be watchful and waiting and ready for his return. It could be at any moment. Antichrist, this system is getting set up. The, the world is crying for peace, peace. Israel in the Middle East, everyone is thinking, the Bible says in, I think it's Zechariah, that Israel is a burdensome stone, a cup of trembling, and the whole world is going to burden themselves with Israel. It's the size of New Jersey. It's tiny. But the whole world, there's not an area of planet Earth that doesn't have its eyes on Israel today, unless you're sleeping. Israel is the main focus of the world and what's going on there and what's happening there. It's this nation that nobody wants, that's rejected. And Jesus said it's, it's going to blossom in bud and bring forth leaves. Read Ezekiel 36. Israel's a major exporter, ex, exporter of fruits and vegetables to the world. This tiny little plant, this tiny little um, country. Amazing. We need to be ready because the Lord's coming back at an hour that you do not expect. Right? Don't get caught up with everything in this world. Yeah, we got to live. My daughter's getting married next weekend. Let's have a wedding. That's exciting. But there's other things that we have to be ready for. The same way you get ready for a wedding, and you know, this is exciting. Man, God is, Jesus is going to call us home. We need to be ready and waiting. So, Lord, we thank you uh, for your love. Thank you that you've given us. Uh, 
the times and the seasons that we're to look and to be watchful of, to know that your return is near. Help us not to fall asleep. Read Matthew 25 and there's 10 virgins, five are wise, five are foolish, five are ready and waiting, oil in their lamps, five are foolish. They don't expect uh, the trumpet to blow and the, the, the bridegroom to come and say, hey, it's ready. It's time to enter in. Your word tells us that, that in the last days there'll be a falling away, a departure of the faith. That people won't endure sound doctrine. Just what the Bible says. We want to be ready, Lord. We thank you for your word. It's preparation, your Holy Spirit, God. Just pray that you would uh, make us ready. We give you our lives, give you 2024. Pray that your hand would be on our lives, Lord. We can't do anything apart from you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.